Welcome to the Social Lights podcast with Kate Vandervoort, where I interview changemakers and innovators on how they connect with their tribe on social media. Brought to you by Social Mediology. Welcome everyone to season three, episode six of the Social Lights podcast. I am here today with Luke Ficini, who is the founder of a branding agency called The Sponge that specializes in helping the next generation of business owners rebrand with purpose. Since starting his professional brand design journey in 1999, seems like a long time ago, he has helped thousands of people put their brands on the map. While beginning as a trained graphic designer, the entrepreneurial leap took him on a path of transformation. He experienced firsthand the impact that purpose and values have in business and the connection to brand story. Having had a purpose moment that transformed his outlook on business, the sponge obtained B Corp certification in 2017. Luke is a firm believer that business can and should be a force for good. His purpose is to help good businesses become better brands by all means necessary, including a book, an online program, and helping to grow the Good North Good Business community. So welcome, Luke. Thank you. And that sounded like a really good introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wrote it myself. (laughs) I actually recently saw a post that Luke did on LinkedIn that was really authentically speaking about some of this transformation journey um, that you've been on, Luke, which is why I reached out to you because I was really interested, you know, digital marketing and agency land and all of that, you don't see a lot of really genuine, human, authentic connection. So I was really inspired by your post. So it's great to um, have you on the podcast and be chatting today. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, absolutely. And we're going we're gonna to dive into that. So Luke, tell me, what is it that lights you up? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Mm. Yeah, I've got a personal... Uh, one of the values that we designed for that we came up with for the sponge has turned into a kind of a personal purpose and that is to perpetuate goodness so for me that i've got it on this board that sits behind my priorities for the day is perpetuate goodness in every conversation so that that drives me i've got a a chance to influence people positively I love that, that you've got just sort of something that really encapsulates that in one sentence. It's really easy to yeah tap back into that on a daily basis. So tell us a little bit about your journey up to launching The Sponge and, and talk to us a bit more about this transformational moment. Okay, so I, <laughs> it's a long story. I'll go back to probably the critical part is that I grew up in a nice family as one of four siblings. My mum was very religious, um, a nun for 11 years before leaving the convent and then having a family. So I was very religious. And then she passed away when I was 11 and that caused my father to spiral into a bipolar depression and uh, I was out of home at 16 um, self-sufficient and running with the wrong crowd so for the next 10 or 11 years I was very good at being bad I was entrepreneurial um, 
I'll leave it at that. So the naps part, I started, friends of mine pushed me into doing something with the artistic talent that I had because I was always sketching or doing something creative. And I went to design school and it just so happened to be the best design school in Sydney, which was pretty cool. And then I found graphic design, um, digital design in particular, and I got goosebumps. I knew this is what I should be doing, and which was awesome. I found a calling. So that entrepreneurial spirit led me to freelance for an agency and a marketing company while I was in college. And I ended up graduating with five significant contracts, took the best designers and started a company. I thought that having my own agency would allow me to continue to party like I was enjoying that part of my <laughs> life, which it did. We were doing cool work, getting paid good money and partying um, like demons. And that was, yeah, well, 2000 when, when we started The Sponge. And yeah, that's why I started because I found something I loved and I thought it was a vehicle for me to continue the lifestyle that I uh, wanted that was the founding story <laughs> the short founding story <laughs> did you how many juicy bits did you leave out <laughs> oh yeah there's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a bit Luke about your vision for the sponge what wh- where are you heading with the work you're doing yeah so I guess to pick that up we were doing that growing for the sake of growth doing cool things we had the waterfront studio in um in piermont sydney who was sydney based then and um found myself in a bit of a hamster wheel and doing cool stuff making money spending money uh, until i uh, had the purpose moment i was uh, sitting on my couch by the bay in concord in in the west and flicking through um, netflix for something to watch i hit play on something and just looked watchable and yeah, until that point in my life, I hadn't actually thought about the cost, the true cost of things. I was wearing expensive stuff, had expensive things, but never considered how they were made. And this documentary was called The True Cost, and it was an expose on the fast fashion industry. And before it was done, I was done. I had tears streaming down my face. I couldn't let go of this, the, the fact that, so many businesses were, were profit-driven only and there were so many people impacted by this race to the, the cost, race to the bottom for cost. And I decided there that I could no longer work for brands that were about that and I would only work for brands that have a positive impact in the world, which led to me firing clients and imploding my business and starting it again from scratch as a purpose-led, values-driven organisation, which this was in 2016, beginning of 2016, 2015, 2016. There wasn't really the appetite there for, for that. It was like I was looking at businesses either angels or demons um, and the angels seemed to have their shit sorted and everyone else didn't. So we were in a, a very rough period back then. That was kind of like a, a pre-COVID COVID for our business, kind of collapsed, <laughs> collapsed us, which is what the reinvention was about. And um, actually I'm in marketing, I couldn't believe marketing. So I started building 
an app which was the social sentiment of brands. So you can't trust the individual, but you can trust the wisdom of the crowd. So it was an algorithm meant for people that were conscious to tell me and the community which brands were conscious, kind of like Tinder, like left or right. And an author friend of mine who um, I asked for feedback on this shared with me, this is like you, you said, you're building a rating system. Have you seen B Labs? And when I looked at the B Lab website, because I hadn't seen it, I saw a company there called Ben and Jerry's. And being as polarized as I was, and I used to own a weight loss company, so I was teaching people how to eat real food to be healthy. I thought two things. One is this is a company peddling sugar, which is essentially a poison, and it's owned by Unilever, which is a juggernaut, which um, is about shareholder return or at the time I was like, how can you be a good company if that's how, if that's the two ends? Yeah, you might do things better, but, and I started my certification out of spite to change the B Corporation certification. So I'm being brutally, brutally honest there because <laughs> I was very polarized. I did actually meet a, um, some cool people in Sydney that were B Corp certified and I realized that I calmed down a little bit. I realized that there, there is a spectrum uh, from dark to light. And my role is to help people that are looking to the light to move across, along that spectrum towards the light. And that businesses like Ben and Jerry's play a role in popularizing the B Corp movement. I still don't agree that um, there should be freezers pushing ice cream at every uh, interaction because there is a time and place for it, but it's not every time and every place. So B Corp certification led me to then be more than just um, in the business of helping businesses be better businesses. Our purpose is to help all good businesses become better brands. And that's why guiding them to be purpose-led, purpose-driven, have an impact model and communicate that so that the market can feel a co-creator or a co uh conspirator in producing that impact and when we've got that we never leave a brand so that was that's with the business that's my business my vision for the business is that we do help businesses on a large scale to do that and i've got some amazing clients that are trusting me to help guide them on that journey which is cool over and above that i think that there is an opportunity to collaborate to solve the wicked problems in the world, which is why I'm involved in a community as well, over and above business. Yeah, so talk to us a bit about the Good North business community because um, that looks like an amazing collaboration of businesses that you've attracted there. Yeah, so as when I certified as a B Corp, I didn't really understand or I didn't see how big an opportunity that was there until I went to this event. I was in Sydney at the time. I went to an event called the B Corp Leadership Development Day. And there were 200 odd people at this event from the B Corp community. And everybody I spoke to, and I spoke to uh, at least a dozen, was doing something incredible with their business. Not just nice, not just making a profit, not just making an awesome product or service, but actively working to solve a problem in the world. I said, holy shit, this is my tribe. I'm still, I'm getting, get goosebumps from it. This is my tribe and I'm a believer in what Jim Rohn shares that 
you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I know that's an interesting thing to say when we're spending a lot of our time with our family, um, especially during COVID. But it's those that we choose to in business. And I was thinking, I want to be more awesome. And this is the crowd that I need to be around to be more awesome. So I committed on the on that day to getting to know every B Corp in Australia. I also um, started an effort to try and get regular get-togethers. And Sydney's not really the place for that, I found. there. And maybe now it's changing. I know that there's a, some things going on there um, with the B Local community, which is cool. But I tried and failed there. But in my getting to know B Corps and uh, when Brisbane became, became an option for me, I connected, reconnected with one of the guys up here and said, I'm coming up and we're going to blow this freaking thing up when I get there. And we did. We started, moved up, started this thing. It was originally called Byron to Bundy. We did some get-togethers. It was about trying to build awareness of the the well what there is like in b corp it's kind of the best kept secret or one of the you know there's always best kept secrets but they don't have the budget to to advertise it so it's kind of a very slow growth thing just in case people don't know what b corp is i'm aware we're having this conversation and just in case people don't know what being a b corp is can you just quickly give us yeah, it's a certification that you do when you spitefully see a brand that you. <laughs> uh, it's it is a rigorous third party certification that is designed. It, it was originally designed as a B corporation in the US for organisations to protect the vision and the purpose in the charter of the organisation, so that when shareholders come in, they can't dismiss it. Like it needs to be reported on. It's part of the way of the business. And we don't have that uh, legal framework here yet, but we do have the B Corp certification, which a business needs to score uh, at least 80 points from an available 200. And they span a number of different criteria. So you can't just be good in one attribute. You need to be good as a sum across all things and it is rigorous and it does prompt you to really think about aspects of your business that you may not have considered like supply chain like governance like your customers like there's so much there your resource usage your waste the whole thing there it gives when you certify it puts you into the community which i'm passionate about helping embrace and encourage people to get involved but it gives you a benchmark for improving on as a team uh, in subsequent recertifications, which we recertified again this year. So I, it's a free B impact assessment that you can do. You jump on the website and you do it. It takes 45 minutes, but it, it reveals the questions that it asks you, even if you've got no intention of certification, it gives you this insight into business that you probably never considered which to me is fascinating. So, yeah, once you're certified, then you can put the B stamp on your materials. You might have seen it on some packaging. Uh, like if you drink um, stone and wood, you'll see it on that. If you, uh, well, there's a few different brands that have it. Patagonia, there's, there's known brands that, that, that proudly fly the B Corp logo. So that's what B Corp is. Thank you. 
Um, and so with Good North and that community, um, is that open to other businesses that are not yet B Corp but might be aspiring to be? We learned very quickly that marketing B Corp to B Corp or marketing, you know, it's kind of, it's unnecessary and because it's kind of like marketing athletic wear to um, gold medalists, right? So they're already there, they already know it. But and one of the things our intention with Good North has always been to break the silos. So we found that people asking who were in not-for-profit, not-for-profits, can we come? We can't be a B Corp. It's like, yes, you can. We're a social enterprise. Can we come? We've, we're not. It's like, yeah. And same with academia, same with people that were purposeful people uh, or appetite, purpose curious, but in an unpurposeful role, like working for something like you know, BHP, for example. Um, so there's, yeah, we want to break the silo down and bring all conscious people, all purpose curious people together because it's not what you do, it's what your intent is. I like that. I can almost see a checkbox in forms from now on. Are you a purpose curious person or do you identify as purpose curious? Yeah. I, Great honestly, honestly, the question that we ask our events and we do it as part of the, the label is we, we say we don't want you to ask what do you do because that to me puts you on a ladder and it's like, oh, okay, where are you compared to me? Whereas what are you passionate about? Or what fires you up, right? Which is um, along the lines of what what you were saying. For us, it's that in a potentially a cause-driven way, and you write it on your name badge, like name where you're representing if you want to, and what lights you up. What is it that you're passionate about changing in the world? And then ask the person, tell me about that. And you see people light up because, like, if that's what that's what it that's what does light us up so uh, completely different conversation and different way to get to know somebody in a much deeper way really quickly i imagine yeah exactly and that's from there you you understand if you have that conversation with the 40 odd people that might be in the room or when we do it online through the speed networking it is about that oh cool like other we share something or I know somebody that you need to speak to. And then it's that purposeful introduction, which can lead to collaborations, which is how we get to solutions quicker. I'm really looking forward to attending an event because I haven't invested tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars now in traveling to the US, where I feel like a lot of the communities there are much more about, hey, you need to meet this person and wow, that's really great stuff you're up to and how can I help you do that? And I find that that's not as prolific here in Australia. And whether it's just the size of our country, whether it's just I've been hanging out with the wrong crowds, um, (laughs) but it sounds like what you've got happening there in that ecosystem is that really supportive, hey, I really want to get to know the deeper part of who you are and what you're doing and how can I help you to do that more? Yeah, that's so. We've got two um, the, the 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 dual purpose for Good North is firstly to create profound connections. That's number one. The second part is to foster collaboration. So that drives what we're about. So we were doing well, alternating pre-COVID. We had uh, sixteen events in the calendar uh, from Byron Bay, Gold Coast, Brisbane, and Sunshine Coast in-person events. Um, either one quarter it was speed networking 
for good. So it's get to know the people in the community. Then the next one was how do we foster collaboration? Because most people suck at collaboration, including myself. Um, so it's learning the process of getting outside of yourself and being open to the greater good, the better idea or whatever, you know, so that's, that was it. So that's, that's what we we're about. And yeah, I've been involved in many networking groups. I've been the president of BNI of, you know, I've, you know, you name it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that to me, forcing referrals, the agenda, it's just, it's not what life's about as far as I'm concerned. So we don't stand for that. So Luke, talk to me a little bit more about storytelling. I love one of the things that you were saying about people's roles in the story. You know, I'm a big fan of Donald Miller's story brand and mm -hmm. I talk a lot in our work about, you know, putting the, the client or the customer is the hero in the story and so often we're putting ourselves as the hero in the story. Um, so for all of the businesses and organisations who are listening, who are looking to better tell the story of who they are, what they do, what they stand for in the world, give us some gems about that. Yeah, first of all, I resonate with story brand and the biggest takeaway for me is that that which you said is if you make yourself the hero, you push people away because subconsciously there's only one hero in a story and it's us as the listener. Which leads me to the second big mistake is that organizations, business people, think that there's one audience for their message. And there isn't. There, is, there are plenty. There are, if you just look at it from a, a simple standpoint, you've got your internal audience, your team, yourself, two different audiences there. You've got uh, stakeholders, you've got your community, you've got different levels of buyers. There could be an economic buyer versus a, a, a financial buyer. And that will differ and expand and extrapolate based on how many different products you've got. You might have multiple buyers for a different product, multiple audiences. The challenge is that each of these different audience types has a different reference point for the value that you provide. So if you tell a story that is designed to convince or influence an investor to take a stake in your business, support that, that's going to be very different with very different language than it is to get a prospect with zero awareness of you to the next step where they actually understand the problem that you solve, right? So there's, there is a language reference, there is the problem that you solve, and that there is the awareness level. And each of those requires different stories. Yeah, excellent. And I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking, and it's more than just your mum who likes every, every social <laughs> yeah. media post. I've been having conversations recently. In fact, I really should post it into my group because who's that family member that acts really inappropriately on your business content? Because <laughs> most people have them, you know, it's the aunt or the godmother who goes, oh, I'm so proud of you, darling, for everything you're doing. It's like, all right, that's my business page. <laughs> yeah, your mother would be so proud yeah. of you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, Luke, how does um, the Sponge and Good North Business Community, how do you use technology and social media to connect with your tribe or to amplify the work that you do? Not as well as we should. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I have an intern who's just started with me and she said, can I be really honest with you, Kate? And I said, absolutely, Carolina. I'm all about honesty. And she says, I think you're brilliant. I've been working with you for a couple of weeks. I love what you do. You clearly know your stuff, but your social media doesn't really reflect that. (laughs) And I thought, I really like you. And she's actually going to be listening to this podcast. So (laughs) she'll, um, I love that, you know, I'm willing to call you on your stuff. You are not practicing what you're preaching. And so as a result, she's helping me, helping us get our, you know, getting our boots back on and, and practicing what we're preaching. Yes. So in what has worked really well for, us in the communication is embracing community in the language this is not a, what i'm doing or what um whoever's involved in the in the event thing it's what we're doing and that language that inclusive language and very friendly and open and casual has really worked now it works really well in the email but um hasn't it hasn't been lately reflected in the social media because it's fallen on my responsibility to do that and I am not the greatest at that. So uh, we were and still are always looking for uh, interns or somebody that wants to volunteer and be involved with the conscious business community to pick up on that bit of slack that's there. Um, There's a great website called Arcadium that I've just come across, which is where I was introduced to Carolina. And um, it's people all over the world who are either studying or they're later on in their career and they're looking to repurpose or re or pivot their career. And so it's a three month apprenticeship. I know I used the pivot word we were talking offline about if I hear one more person use the word pivot. Um, So Yes, it's an amazing place to find apprentices and they work 10 hours a week for you um, for free whilst being mentored and and learning. So uh, Carolina actually came on board to help us with the whole podcast process and the 17 steps that happen for every podcast episode. Um, But within three weeks, she's found herself doing all sorts of other things because she's (laughs) immensely capable. And she also said to me in our first meeting, I said, shall I just use your Hotmail account to set things up with? And she said, "Um, well, what will happen if you employ me? I said, well, I'll give you a social mediology email. She said, you may as well do that now because that's where we're heading. And I was like, okay, I like you. You are talking yourself into a job. Well so done. she's based on the Gold Coast and she's studying at the moment. And um, yes, all, all looking very healthy in terms of a future employment opportunity. So you might want to have a look there if you're seeking someone similar. Thank you. Yeah, I will. Mm. Um, so just as we start to wrap up, I've started asking people, what's one thing that you'd really like people to do differently? And maybe it's around the context of storytelling in their business or in whatever context is um, percolating in your mind. But what is it that, what's one thing you'd really like people to do differently at the moment? Yeah, it's something that comes up a lot in conversation. And it is that whether the business is purpose-driven or impact-driven or is has the intent to Usually businesses are doing a lot of good things, but it's kind of separate to what 
the business does, a separate or a, a cluster of things. So it makes it very difficult to communicate that in a way that it connects for the audience. So if there's one thing I could recommend is find the single relevant impact that makes sense for your business that you can integrate it into the way that you operate and start doing it already. So you can communicate that as not a transactional thing that's irrelevant. There's a lot of irrelevant transactional impacts that can seem tactical or tokenistic, but I'm going a bit deep here that if you can find that one that lands for your audience and embrace them at whatever stage they're at, as part of the, the co-creator of that impact, then they're going to fall in love with your business. Simplicity is key because it's not the story that you tell, it's the story that they tell. Love that. Love that perfect way to, we often say what other people say about you is far more important than what you say about yourself. So mm-hmm. same, same thing, it's the story that they tell that's most critical for, for business. So, Luke, how do people connect with you? Um, if people are interested, if they're between Byron and Bundy and interested in the Good North community, um, we'll obviously include all of your links in the show notes, but what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, I'm uh, probably the most active on LinkedIn. I've got a unique name, so you won't find anyone else there. So reach out to me, but don't send a spam message straight away or I'll disconnect. <laughs> But yeah, reach out, have a conversation. I love talking about purpose. I love talking about impact. So yeah, if you want to do that, reach out. We'll book a virtual coffee. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Luke, for being here today. It's been great having a conversation with you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Social Lights podcast produced by Social Mediology. You can connect with us on Facebook at Social Lights Podcast and you can find today's show notes and more episodes at socialmediology.com.au forward slash social lights. Please subscribe in your favourite podcast platform to receive future episodes and share with your tribe to inspire others to action.